Hey guys, before I get started, I just want to warn you that today's topic, well, it isn't real positive. Um, and now I'm not a pessimist. I'm not a doomsday prepper. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. And, you know, and I feel relatively safe living here in the United States, <clears throat> at least for the time being. But I saw something yesterday that was really a pretty cogent look at what might happen if things from a macro level were to go sideways. Um, this was actually a, a post on Twitter by Robert Breedlove yesterday. And uh, before we get to it, I think I should introduce you to Robert Breedlove because you should know who he is. I can't remember if I've talked about him before, but he's the host of the What Is Money podcast. And seriously, that is one of the best podcasts out there. It's deep. It's very deep. Uh, he and his guests go into everything about money, whether it's the physics of money, the metaphysics, the history, the anthropology, the biology. Anyway, it's it's great. And he's a he's a Bitcoiner. And um, anyway, the uh, the podcast is called What Is Money, and I highly recommend it. So Robert Breedlove posted this on Twitter yesterday. It's way longer than the Twitter character limit. So uh, he posted it as an image um, and he introduced it with this. From an astute client of mine, this is an excellent summary of the road ahead for global macro. So I'm going to read through this for you. And there are 14 individual points. And together, it may sound like total dystopian paranoia, but I want you to stay with me because it might not be as far out as it sounds. It begins, I remain distressed by the threat of government regulation and the exercise of power as seen recently in Canada. Possible series of events. One, stock market falls by 30 to 90%. Number two, concomitant deep recession takes hold. Number three, all asset prices initially plunge except gold, still broadly considered a store of value, especially by the wealthy. Bitcoin declines 30 to 80% as recent owners are mostly uninformed speculators. And this is the last best buying opportunity for Bitcoin. Number five, central bank lowers rates to zero or less than zero in an attempt to stimulate asset prices. Federal government, number six, federal government passes multi-trillion dollar spending programs to support consumption in the recession. Number seven, lower production and more printed US dollars accelerates inflation. Inflation spikes to greater than 15%. Number eight, inflation fears ignite flight from the US dollar. Number nine, Flight of currency from U.S. banks in combination with loan defaults leads to insolvency and a run on the banks. 10. Mother of all bailouts consists of greater than $10 trillion in loans to banks and freezing of accounts to prevent outflows. Number 11. The prospect of this government confiscation produces a tsunami of U.S. dollar and other fiats to convert to Bitcoin to avoid property loss. Number 12, the US dollar is destroyed, inflated into insignificance. The federal government uses eminent domain authority to confiscate and tax property, including Bitcoin, real estate, and other tangible assets. Tax filing will require production of a balance sheet rather than a year's income statement. The balance sheet will be taxed. 
Number 13, massive societal disruption. Number 14, society ultimately reforms with Bitcoin as the world reserve currency. Okay, that was a lot to absorb. So as fast as I can, I want to go through all 14 points to share with you how these things could happen, have happened, will happen, or are happening as we speak. Okay, number one, stock market falls by 30 to 90%. 30 to 90 percent? Well, yeah, that's very doable. Um, as of last Friday, the S&P was down, what, 12 percent for the year? Just so you know, 2022 is the fourth worst start of the year for stock markets in history. The fourth worst. But we're still way overvalued. We're sitting on multiples higher than we were when we were before the dot-com crash. And oh yeah, there's a war in Europe happening. Uh, we've got a president with dementia. We're coming off a pandemic. And who knows when the next variant is going to hit. It's entirely within the realm of possibilities that the stock market could crash 30 to 90%. And I think when it's down 40% and everyone starts to panic sell their Robinhood stocks, their 401k index funds, uh, then institutions start dumping their stocks. Well, anyway, it's totally possible. Number two, concomitant deep recession takes hold. Okay, uh, remember the GFC, 2008, 2009. Uh, well, after the stock market implodes, a protracted recession is more than likely. We've seen it before. And as we know, there, we're staring seven rate hikes right in the face. Um, number three, all asset prices initially plunge except gold still broadly considered a store of value, especially by the wealthy. Okay, so towards the end of 2008, gold was under 800 bucks. And by the summer of 2011, it had more than doubled to uh, over 1800 bucks. So it stands to reason that history will repeat itself. And if you haven't listened to my episode on how to buy precious metals with insanely cheap premiums, be sure to check out uh, episode 60. I just bought some this weekend and actually yesterday as well. Um, number four, Bitcoin de declines 30 to 80% as recent uh, owners are mostly uninformed speculators. Uh, and this is the last best buying opportunity for Bitcoin. Okay, yeah, there, you know, as of last year, there's a lot of new Bitcoin buyers in there, and those are probably going to be the first ones to unload if we have another big correction. So, uh, and also, Bitcoin has a you know history of crazy volatility, um, and then lately, you know, they've been calling it how you say like a risk on asset uh, that's you know kind of been correlated to the Nasdaq. So, yeah, I can see a bunch of newbies panic selling their Bitcoin uh, right after they liquidate their test. Tesla and their GameStop and their Apple positions. And yes, this will represent an incredible buying opportunity for Bitcoin. And yes, this will represent an incredible buying opportunity for Bitcoin. Um, you know, the, the prospect of a severe plunge in the price isn't keeping me from buying now, though. I'm still dollar cost averaging in regardless of any prophecies, wars, FUD, or um, outlooks like this dude's. Uh, number five, central bank lowers rates to zero or less than zero in an attempt to stimulate asset prices. Okay, uh, you know, if this wouldn't have started becoming like nightly news in what was it, 2015? Um, but yeah, before that, who would have even imagined that people would buy bonds with negative yields? But someone did uh, between France, Germany, uh, Japan, and a few other issuers, people actually bought 
billions of dollars of bonds that were going to be worth less upon maturity. So this guy's prediction is not too outlandish. Uh, you know, we've talked here about how rising interest rates in our debt-based economy pop bubbles and bring down asset prices. So to try and bring things back around, a Fed zero or sub-zero interest rate policy is totally possible. Uh, number six, federal government passes multi-trillion dollar spending programs to support consumption in the recession. Um, well, if you've been awake for the last two years, uh, you'll know they do this uh, and they can get those checks printed in a matter of days or get the money direct deposited like pronto. Uh, number seven, lower production and more printed U.S. dollars accelerates inflation. Inflation spikes to greater than 15 percent. Yeah, again, this will just be a more dramatic version of what we're talking about every day right now. Uh, it's not such a big jump to go from 8% to 15 to 20. Okay. Number eight, inflation fears ignite flight from US dollar. Okay. So right now uh, we're not yet at double digit inflation. So people aren't selling their dollars yet. But if your money is losing 15 to 20% of its value, you're going to start looking for other places to put it. You know, there's a million examples, but I mean, think about Turkey, think about Argentina at uh, both Turkey and Argentina uh, have seen 50% uh, inflation rates. Uh, Sean Penn's Socialist Paradise Venezuela, uh, their 2021 inflation was down to about uh, 700%, down from uh, over 2,000%. You know, we take comfort in the fact that it can't happen here. You know, there's too many controls, et cetera, et cetera. And we might never see really hyperinflation, but picture in your mind... A couple of years of what 20 plus percent inflation, what that's going to do to your net worth. So, yes, I agree. There's going to be a flight out of the U.S. dollar. But where will that money migrate to? Well, next up, number nine, uh, flight of currency from U.S. banks in combination with loan defaults leads to insolvency and a run on the banks. Okay, so we saw the housing collapse with the GFC. And while, I mean, I, I, I don't really see a real estate collapse to that degree ahead, there's going to be a lot of defaults on all types of debt after the market crash. But the real scary part is when people start lining up at ATMs to get their cash out. You, know, you just saw it in Russia. Um, and while I don't think we're going to get attacked anytime soon, if we do have a popped bubble and a currency crisis, there will be a run on the banks. And remember, you know, we're on a fractional reserve system. So banks, at least to my understanding, and you should check my work on this, but in the U.S., banks are only required to have reserves of 10%. So there is not enough money in those vaults for everyone to get their money if there is a run on the banks. And, you know, another note, once your money goes into the bank, it's really not your money anymore. It's theirs. And, you know, and your account in finger quotes is simply an IOU from the bank saying that they'll pay you if you request a withdrawal. But if they don't have the money on hand to give you the cash, because you're the hundredth person in line, you are fucked, okay? So think about that as you're balancing your checkbook at the end of the month, and who really owns those dollars that are in your checking and savings accounts? Next up, number 10. Mother of all bailouts consists of over $10 trillion worth of loans to banks and freezing of accounts to prevent outflows. 
Okay, so if we're having a run on the banks, there aren't enough reserves to handle the demands of angry, scared customers trying to get their hands on their life savings, next comes the bailout. And it stands to reason that they start to freeze accounts at the same time, or probably beforehand. So now you don't have to even bother to line up to get the cash because the banks are going to be closed and your accounts will be frozen until the mess gets figured out. Number 11. The prospect of this government confiscation produces a tsunami of U.S. dollar and other fiats to convert to Bitcoin to avoid property loss. So, as the dollar collapses, it's not just going to die alone. And Americans aren't the only ones who have accounts denominated in U.S. dollars. The fall of the dollar is going to be a global crisis. So yeah, at this point, people all over the planet are going to be clamoring for an alternative place to put what money they've got left or what money they still have access to. Okay, now things go from scary to scarier. Number 12, the US dollar is destroyed, inflated into insignificance. The federal government uses eminent domain authority to confiscate and tax property, including Bitcoin, real estate, and other tangible assets. Tax filing will require production of a balance sheet rather than a year's income statement. The balance sheet will be taxed. Okay, let me just read that one more time and let it sink in. Tax filing will require production of a balance sheet rather than a year's income statement. The balance sheet will be taxed. So to me, this is absolutely frightening. And I think it should be to you too. Um, I own real estate. I own Bitcoin on exchanges, you know, and so there's a paper trail. All my assets have a paper trail. You know, remember in the U.S., income tax or, or at least the income tax that we know and love today, except for a small bit during the Civil War, didn't really exist until 1913 with the passage of the 16th Amendment. And at this point, the U.S. tax code is clocking in at about 60,000 pages, so it probably wouldn't take a constitutional amendment to go from an income tax to a tax on your balance sheet. And you know what they're going to call it? That's right. They're going to call it a wealth tax, and they're going to try to cloak it as a way to tax the rich initially. So if this is your first time thinking about the government taxing you on what you own and the value of it rather than what you earn, I realize that it sounds like a long shot. I'm, and also, it sounds like a logistical nightmare, both for you and the IRS, but it could be done. And, you know, here in Oregon, or at least in the two counties I've had businesses in, they have you fill out what they call personal property tax returns if you're self-employed. So, yeah, pretty much any piece of equipment that you might use in your business from a truck down to your desk chair, they make you inventory everything and give them what price you paid for it and what the fair market value might be. It's it, and This is true. And in my current county, right there on the return, it says in big letters, subject to audit. So it'll be easy for the government to verify your wealth if it's held in a bank account, in a brokerage, on a crypto exchange, in your 401k, in PayPal, in Venmo, in Robinhood, and on and on and on. It's also going to be easy for them to verify any real estate or vehicles you own or really anything that's big ticket 
or that requires some type of titling or license or whatnot, or pretty much anything that you paid for with a credit card or comes with a receipt or anything like that. And again, this whole balance sheet taxation idea isn't that outlandish because, for example, there's a new bill in Sacramento that would enact a 1% tax on people that they consider extremely wealthy. So imagine every year you've got to revalue your cars, your art, your guns, your furniture, your jewelry, your dirt bike, and on and on and on. And then writing a check for the percentage of that to the IRS, a balance sheet tax. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. So next on the list, number 13, massive societal disruption. Well, this one, this kind of goes without saying, um, but think about the chaos when people don't have access to the little money they actually have, even if that money has lost half or more of its value. Um, right now, 61% of people in the U.S. are living paycheck to paycheck. And think of the, the people that have a couple of grand to their name in a savings account and that gets frozen. You know, you, you hear all these stats from uh, survivalist websites. Uh, again, I'm not paranoid, but I like to read this stuff about the average number of days worth of food Americans have in their pantries. Well, hint for you, it's like maybe two or three. So what happens when people run out of food and they can't get any money from their bank? This is when the thin veneer of civil society peels back, revealing the animals we are and the fucking savages we're going to become when we're hungry. I'll say massive societal disruption is kind of an understatement if all these things were to happen. Thankfully for me, I live in the suburbs, but I, I figure that gives me maybe an extra day or two before the roving bands of people with knives, guns, and baseball bats start to show up to my neighborhood, but they will show up. I'm in a townhouse um, with units on both sides. So I'd only have to defend the front and the back, which is better than four sides, but it is what it is. And anyway, because I'm paranoid, I spend a little too much time thinking about this stuff and a little too much money buying ammunition and whatnot. But again, this stuff isn't out of the question. So number 14, last on the list, society ultimately reforms with Bitcoin as the world reserve currency. Now, this is kind of a big jump from the societal breakdown at number 13, but when there's no sound money left, when all the fiat currencies have failed, when the stable coins are worthless because they're pegged to dollars and other fiat currencies, what else is there? You know, the Bitcoin network is nuclear war proof. There's no central authority governing Bitcoin. Bitcoin's the only currency that is finite. No central bank can come in and make more Bitcoins, and you, you and I, will be thanking God because we had the opportunity to buy Bitcoin for under $500,000. People are going to look at you like you're Nostradamus because you had the foresight to buy Bitcoin in 2022 or 2023. You know, the, 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 the oligarchs, the oligarchs of the future are going to be the people who bought Bitcoin in 2013 or before. People like you and I, who bought a couple of Bitcoins in 2021, we're going to be multimillionaires because at some point, even if this whole doomsday scenario thing doesn't happen, someday the whole world is going to know about Bitcoin 
and start buying them. There's going to be thousands of ways to buy a few Satoshis and billions of people are going to start competing for less than 20 million Bitcoins. So, and you know, when a Satoshi is worth one cent, which I firmly believe it will be, a Bitcoin is going to be worth a million dollars. So just wait, it might not happen in five years, but I'll bet it'll happen in less than 15. But by then, if the U.S. is taxing your balance sheet, what are you going to do? You bought some Bitcoin in 2022. You've now got the equivalent of 10 or $20 million. The IRS knows it because you bought it on an exchange. But you want to know what the government doesn't know about? The only thing they really don't know about is the cash that you've been stashing away, like, like paper cash, and the gold and silver coins that you purchased with cash. If you can keep those hidden, and I would uh, never advise you hiding anything from the government, but if you do keep those hidden, when the tax code changes and you're taxed on your balance sheet, you won't be taxed on the value of your mattress money and your coins. So the next, I guess, natural question would be, how do you buy Bitcoin without buying it on an exchange? How do you buy Bitcoin without leaving a paper trail? How do you do it anonymously so that you've got Bitcoin mattress money? Well, because I love you and I care about you, I've been working on uncracking this puzzle. Again, I would never do this myself. But join me on the next episode, and I'm going to share some very hypothetical scenarios that might enable you to buy Bitcoin anonymously. And yes, here in the United States. Um, okay, so that macro scenario that we just covered, again, came from Robert Breedlove's Twitter, um, and I'd highly recommend that you follow him and listen to his podcast, uh, which is called What is Money? And that's it for now. Um if you got any value from this episode, I'd appreciate it if you would uh, share it with a couple of friends. That would be awesome. But that's it for today, and I will uh, talk to you real soon. Nothing in this podcast is meant to be financial, legal, or tax advice. Though there's some kick-ass information here, it's for informational purposes only. Take control of your retirement planning, but get professional counsel if you need tax, legal, or financial advice. For more content like this, join my mailing list at rogueretirementlounge.com. And if you have questions about retirement investing, entrepreneurship, business, or anything else, my email address is matt at rogueretirementlounge.com.